Jeremy and Marcy Weber with me today and uh, excited to meet with you. We've talked a little bit about your camper and your camping and um, so this podcast, as you know, is about camping, the camping lifestyles, RVs, tips, tricks, things you've learned. So I'd love to start with like, how did you get into camping? Did you grow up as campers? Did you have Marcy? Marcy had no experience with camping <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, I... You know, we grew up and we would take a driving vacation, usually once a year, not very far. And we didn't really do too many vacations. So I had no experience camping, mm-hmm. none. How about you, Tim? Well, we had we had some. I come from a large family, so there was 13 kids in our family. And so camping was an affordable way for us to do some things. But one of my very early memories of camping was the old army tents. Literally, my dad got a army tent and in the middle of the night woke up literally being thrown out of the tent as the tent is on fire. Oh, so whoa. That How was old our, were you when this happened? Oh, I was probably three, four years old. Oh, my. Yeah. So what he had done is that, you know, that was the old heat lantern at the time kerosene lantern for whatever reason he made the mistake of putting it up on the frame and the heat came up and caught this thing on fire and so there's middle of the night throwing 13 kids out of this thing so (laughs) we you know that was it's a funny story everybody was fine but we grew up and then my dad actually sold um, pop-up campers for a while and then ended up uh, it was just my sister and I left in high school and he bought uh, a class a um, you know back in the early days so he had that for a while so I'm was a little bit more familiar with it, but, um, and always just, we both, I think, have the common interest of really like to travel right. and see things. And through our business over the years, we took a lot of vacations, but they were out of the country. We'd fly somewhere because we couldn't take off in the summer with our construction business. So we would do a winter vacation, but we never really saw much of the United States. And we said that we want to really see what's here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we think the best way to do that is to to hike, bike, and drive it, you know, and see what's out there. So I was always kind of pushing for that um, and also kind of being aware that Marcy's always had pretty severe allergies, so being Uh, outside is always not the best for her. Right. So we were looking for a compromise of of not driving and and doing hotels and not getting a condo somewhere because then you're always still just kind of in that area. And so we originally were looking at a fifth wheel. This was my, my thought was we would do a fifth wheel. And, um, so I actually was working with a company, you know, out of Indiana where everything is made and they were, they were going to do a custom unit for us. They were kind of getting into the upper end fifth wheels. I worked with them for probably three or four months. And then, um, they said, hey, we're going to be at the National RV Show in Hershey, Pennsylvania. We'd like you guys to come out. We've got the unit ready. We're excited. We want you to take a look at this. Mm-hmm. So we went out, and, um, you know, the show is huge. If anybody is ever interested, I would highly recommend that show. I mean, it's everybody is there, and it's a great source of information, and you can physically see everything, which is really, really nice. This is an annual show annual in Hershey, show. Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. So in Tampa, <clears throat> excuse me, Tampa is another really big one that's really great. Okay. Um, so those are probably, and, and there's others in California, but those two are, you know, for a lot of the snowbirds, you kind of hit that Tampa show. It's in January. So anyway, we go to Hershey and we, we take a look at the the fifth wheel and, you know, they weren't able to do some of the things they said they were going to do. Right. So we were, we were pretty disappointed and there was one of the make or break items that I had on there was I wanted a lift on the back for motorcycle because we right. always carry a motorcycle so that we got two vehicles and we like to we like to ride the cycle so they didn't tell me until we got there that I couldn't do it and right. I told them up front I said that's a make or break 
item. Mm -hmm. So that was one of the things and there was a couple other, but needless to say, we said, you know, that's it. So I was, I was kind of disappointed in Marcy, like the eternal optimist she was. She said, you know, let's just walk away and we'll just, let's go look around and enjoy what's here. So we literally walked around the corner of the display and walked into uh, the area where they had some class A's. It was I literally the first one we looked at. It was an American Coach Eagle. Okay. It was a forty-five footer, and that was a forty-five A model. And um, it was it, a little more contemporary style, also, which is what attracted us to it. Sure. Yeah, it's a yeah, total different paint job than all the swirls and the flame kind of things that you see. So, you know, and they have very aggressive pricing for these shows. Um, there's a lot more incentives from not only the manufacturer, but <clears throat> some of the vendors and suppliers inside as well as the dealer. So that's why they discount the prices. So anyway, we <clears throat> walked up to this thing and Marcy was leading the way and she literally got to the second step in, looked inside, turned around and looked at me and said, oh, I could do this. Wow, okay. <laughs> quick. You had a good feeling about it. I did. <laughs> so yeah. that is really how we got into it. And that I guess I'll let her talk, but that's when you could see that she started was much more comfortable with mm -hmm. this. So, so at this point, you had to wrap your head around though. You were thinking fifth wheel in a, in a truck and pulling it, and now it's Class A is kind of a different. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking because all right, we got a construction company. It's just another truck that we'll use, and then we can still have our fifth wheel somewhere. And and I didn't. I to me, it all fit. Mm -hmm. It all made sense. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, the trucks are. They're so powerful now, and with the engine brakes on them, you know, hauling is really not an issue. And <clears throat> so I thought that made the most sense. But, it, you know, it didn't work out. And hindsight is we're really happy with what we have now. We're mm -hmm. glad it worked the way it did. But the turning point was literally Marcy on the second step looking inside. And then <clears throat> for the first time, because she admitted previously she wasn't really into that fifth wheel. Okay. So when she got into this, you could physically see... This is this is good. This is accepted. So that was a big step. I guess it was mainly because I had some concerns about the safety of a fifth wheel. Okay. I'd seen some people pulling fifth wheels mm -hmm. that were moving all over the lanes of traffic. And some friends also, their parents had a fifth wheel and they were in a bad accident. Mm -hmm. And we would have to get a new truck, as Tim was just mentioning, and it would have to be the Dually. dually wheels on it and mm -hmm. all of that kind of was like not my style mm -hmm. so I wasn't convinced that that was going to be what was going to be right for us but I was willing to try it because I thought it would be you know something that would give us a chance to see the country but when we saw this coach and saw the style was a little bit more contemporary and had a lot of new features on it and the pricing was good we just decided that that was going to be the right way to go so what was it about like as you're walking into this thing that made you say okay this is i think it was our it. style it was your style yeah, yeah it was a contemporary look it wasn't the traditional wood panel and dark interior you know it was just a more Contemporary style, I guess that suited us better. Yeah, it it has dark cabinets, you know. Um, so it it's a lot of the lot of the RVs have a what I'll call um, a classic or a country look to them on the interior. Mm -hmm. So it's just the last, <clears throat> I would say, four or five years that you're getting a lot more contemporary looks in 
<clears throat> so ours was kind of on the leading edge of that. So we have a 2016. Mm-hmm. So what ours had was it was our our design, our comfort style, but it has dark woodwork, but it doesn't have the high um, gloss finish that a lot of the contemporaries have now. You know, it essentially it's a house rolling down the road, right. and ours, you know, it has you know it's it has custom furniture. We customize it, so ours is it's real or it's it's recognized as a forty five A. That's their model, but it's really not that because we changed around so much. So. One of the things that we negotiated at the factory was we want a custom design on it. We didn't like their floor plan, and they were more than willing to do that for us. So we have a lot of features on ours that uh, they've never done this floor plan with anybody else that I know of. So we have a different floor plan. We have custom furniture in there with different um, fabrics on it. And then I've done a lot of work on the inside to customize it with even more things in there. So. It's really set up for us, but it's you feel like you're in a house, like you are in most of the sure. the higher end um, class A's. So what's that process like? So you're in Hershey, Pennsylvania. You found okay, you like the style, you like the company. Now you go from there and you you work with them and they design exactly the features you want in there. You custom it. How long does that process take? Well, you know, and ours honestly was a little different process because we. Um, when we bought it, the dealership that we bought from was actually in South Carolina. But we said, look, we're not in a hurry to get this because we were still wrapping up our businesses. We were kind of in the phasing out stage when we decided to do this. And we said, we're a year away from really starting to be able to be anywhere near mobile. So we said, you got time. So we don't need to be done right now. Mm-hmm. So what happened is um, after about a month, I really didn't hear much from our salesman, and I followed up with him, and he said, glad you called. He said, I wanted to share some news. He said, I actually have moved, and I'm working for a, starting up another, working with another dealership, and I want to know if you could come, if you'd come with us, and I would, you know, still handle everything. It's just not with the same dealership in South Carolina. So I said, oh, I'll get back to you. So I talked to the factory and I said, is this all legit? Does this make sense? And they said, yeah, we're really excited to work with these guys. They're, they sell other brands. They Basically, they sell Prevost. Um, and he said, um, yeah, we want to we make this happen. So if you're willing, we're willing. So we actually worked with the factory for all the custom, oh. that with, which is not really the norm. So okay. ours was a different situation because they wanted to get this dealership going i see so so ours is a little different i don't know if anybody else would have that opportunity but we went directly to the factory work with our salespeople, and went through the whole customization process with them and that took three four months something like that i would guess that's not bad no it wasn't and to build um it is fascinating i would encourage anybody that um has an RV or wants to see this, to go to a factory and watch these things being put together. It is fascinating the way that they're done. It is incredible to see. So the actual build process was only, I think, two and a half weeks, three weeks. Oh, really? And the majority of that is paint. You know, it's, you know, once the chassis comes in, they start putting, you know, you know, there's time frames involved, you know, Freightliner, we have a Freightliner chassis. So that's the first thing that has to happen. So you got to get in with Freightliner to get the chassis built for your coach. Once they get that chassis into the plant, it's only probably about three weeks it was at our, for us from the time it hits the assembly line till it comes out the other end. And, and again, half of that is paint because wow. during that time when it comes through, all the cabinets are done ahead of time. You know, they bring those sections in. It's, 
it's half the coach at a time. The walls come in. It's it's just amazing. And to see the equipment that takes these big 45-foot buses essentially and turns them on their side and turns them upside down, it's 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 really, really fun to see. And I think that made us feel more comfortable with the whole process sure. too, being able to see it put together and see our choices, our selections put in there. And, you know, we had a level of comfort, I think, from that. Yeah. And, you know, for us, you know, being in the building business for years, you know, I, we built a lot of projects and you manage a lot of projects. And, and again, ours is a different situation, but I was in contact with their production manager, emails, phone calls, you know, because again, ours was something different that they really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And um, I really got to see the the behind the scenes and, and work with that. And I was getting pictures, you know, of things that were happening and send me little video clips. And it's, it was, it was very interesting. Yeah. But and I they think, knew the customization that you wanted to do after it was put together too. So they were good about putting in extra blocking or doing things that needed to be done. So you could right. do the things that we wanted to add after the fact. Sure. Yeah. And you got your lift for your motorcycle. Yeah, so this, the coach is, this was, easily can handle that. And so that was a aftermarket um, lift. It's made by Hydrolift. But if anybody has a motorcycle, so we have a road glide, a Harley-Davidson road glide that goes on ours, about 1,200 pounds. The lift has absolutely no issue with that, nor does the coach. You don't even know it's there. Mm-hmm. But if anyone is interested in doing that, I would highly recommend it. It's not cheap, but it is um, so easy to use and um, very secure. And, you know, you can get up to a full dresser road glide is it is it behind the vehicle then outside or is it actually inside yeah. the is it covered? No, it's actually outside the vehicle. It's oh. right in the rear of it. So um, there's actually a garage that you can. It's called a, a garage attachment you put on it. So basically, it's a conduit frame that goes around this, and then there's a canvas enclosure that goes on top of it. So for the first two years we had it, we hauled a different motorcycle on there. Mm-hmm. I hope I um, at that time we put a uh, a heritage soft tail on there so physically uh, motor the same size but not full dress so it wasn't as big that went in and out of that fairly easy with the cover on and then when you traveled you didn't get a speck of dust on it not a drop of water it was it worked nice but since we've gotten this road glide it's really too big for all that so now we don't put the top on and when you get to where you get you just wash your bike and, and call it quits but so when you're traveling, the when the bike is in the up position, there's an 18-inch um, receiver extension that I put on there. So then you can hook your car up okay. to that. So your your car basically is just, it doesn't affect it because you have 18 inches back. So when you take that tight turning radius, mm-hmm. you're not going to get hit by the deck of that cycle lift. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Car, how do you tow your car then? Is that a... Um... I've heard that they they make the dollies that you can drive up on or the tow bars. Yeah, and ours is a tow bar. We when we got into this again, we were we were newbies to this. I mean, we really hadn't. We've never camped. I've never camped with Marcy in our entire marriage because she was. Oh, we did take one trip in your parents' yeah my, um, motorhome right in 1982 to the World's Fair in yeah. Tennessee, but yeah. But we've never that done was, any camping, yeah. you know, the outdoor stuff. And that, that was the World's Fair, so we're not in the woods. So we were a little skeptical of how we would both like this, you know, and if she would physically be able to do it. And I had a concern about where do you book to stay. 
Sure. You know, if we're going to be traveling all over the United States, are we going to be able to find a place to stay? I had a sister uh, and brother-in-law that did some quite a bit of camping when their kids were little. And I just recall her getting on the phone at midnight on January 1st and trying to get into the state parks. Well, we're too big for the state parks. A lot so. of places don't take classes, right? Yeah. So right. That's one thing, yeah. Yeah. And that is not a concern at all. There's resorts all over okay. the country for RVs of our size. Okay. And um, and that's how we kind of got into it, was going down to Florida first and renting for a few months, and then we ended up buying a site. But there really isn't a concern about finding a place, as long as you do book ahead. Right. You know, you can't really expect to call the day before you want to go and get into a nice resort. Sure. So, but, you know, and there's all different levels of places to, to go. You know, I mean, finding availability is not really that much of an issue. I mean, you get into the central parts of the plains and there's not a lot for a lot of distances. So don't expect there's going to be great campgrounds there right. either. But, you know, there's for the KOAs most part. KOAs in a lot of places. Yeah. KOAs, I'll tell you, you know, you pretty much know what you're going to get. You know, they got a great website. They typically always have, ours is referred to as a big rig. You know, when you get at that 40 plus foot range, they're just known as big rigs. So you'll see a lot of these big rig friendly campgrounds. And Obviously, that is the way of the future for a lot of these. So they're all either adding spaces or they've <clears throat> remodeled some of their existing so they have room. So, so there's you, Class A, but then there's bigger sizes of Class A's. And, well, and, yeah, they're Class A. It's just the footage. So, I mean, okay. you can get into a Class... A Class A basically is the bus type, you right. know, so it's all contained within that rectangle. And the footage can be varied, but, um, you know, you'll have, you'll have um, KOAs, I think, is a really good... Um, site that's easy to navigate. Um, Good Sam is another one you'll see a lot of campgrounds on there. And then there's just there's so many private ones out there. So one of the reference book a lot of people use that have a bigger rig is called BigRigs.com. Okay. And it's endless the number of sites that you can get on. And once you get into this, you'll you'll really see. But I think the point Marcy was making is you do plan ahead. I plan our trips in the RV. Marcy plans all of our other trips. So I'm. I'm kind of just wanting to know the roads we go on. I always act, ask about access, getting in and out, mm-hmm. trees, clearance, turning radiuses. You kind of talk about some of those things mm-hmm. because you don't want to get caught in an area that's you shouldn't be going into. Because, Which we've learned over time. Uh, have you had been there with the yeah. back it up? And, uh, yeah, it's not necessarily the campgrounds. It's mm-hmm. getting to it. You know, They might say we're okay in here, but sometimes it's outside. So when you get on the phone with people that know their campgrounds, they'll tell you, no, you might have one turn. It's down at the end of the road here. It's not an issue. But just to have those casual conversations is something that's nice sure. to know. So we typically book our trips on the way out. And then when we're going out west or wherever it is, on the way back, we always just wing it, and we don't ever have any issue with finding a place. And, you know, for us, honestly, we can park anywhere. We're self-sufficient. You can park at a rest area. And, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't make any difference. Get but a few hours of sleep. And, mm-hmm. Right. And, yeah. So for us, you know, when we were to, to get into this, um, we were a little bit slow at start, you know, so we didn't want to go get a separate vehicle just to pull behind it. Mm-hmm. So we had an older Escalade at that time, and we said, you know what? We're just going to retrofit this and we're going to try it. If we like this for a year, then we'll get a different vehicle. So I actually put a transmission pump on that first Escalade. It was an older one that you couldn't put the transfer case in neutral like you can now. And we pulled that for a year and we said, you know, we're going to keep doing this. So then 
um, we bought a Jeep. And if you, as you get into this and you'll look around, you'll, you'll notice a lot of Jeeps are being pulled by RVers. And the reason is, is because you don't have a lock on the steering wheel. So that means you don't have to have accessory key position on and you will not wear your battery down. Uh. That's the number one thing. And the number two is that they, you can put the transfer case in neutral just with a switch. So Jeep is your number one vehicle you'll see with people that pull their vehicles. For those reasons. For those sense. reasons. Yeah. So we have a, we have a Jeep um, that we pull behind. It's a Wrangler four-door. It works perfect for us. I, I we love it. It's a it's our travel vehicle. Um, so when we were in Colorado, I went one day. We were visiting our kids, and Marcy didn't want to go. I went down to the Great Dunes um, Sand National Park. Went down there, and it was fun. It was only a four hour drive down there. Ran around, then took the jeep and hit the sand trails oh, on the cool. way out. You know, which oh, is fun. and in Colorado, you can take the jeeps up in the hills, or you can get a UTV. So we like that because you can take it off the road too and it's very comfortable mm -hmm. um, so we tow that we flat tow that so that means all four wheels are on the ground mm -hmm. uh, honestly you don't even know that it's back there nice. you know it, it's it's not that heavy we have it's much nicer than pulling the escalade yeah yeah. yeah yeah and we have cameras so i can see everything okay and we put a we put a bra on it so that um stone chips from the from the coach don't hit it too bad um, you still get a little bit but it covers it covers the tire the grill in the front it covers the the hood and it covers the glass it goes up and all the way to the roof so we really have and the mirrors on that are a plastic um, so it really does a nice job protecting it pretty easy to hook up to the honestly it's minutes for me I've okay. got it down it's it's probably maybe 15 minutes for me to to get the car uh, hooked up and then yeah. put that uh, bra on there, the protective bra. Right. And unhooking the same, no problem. Same thing. Simple and yeah, I mean, and you'll see that everybody, it's kind of fun when you watch this. Um, everybody has a routine. You know, it's like anything you do. It's um, I don't care if it's mowing the lawn or whatever you're doing. you got a routine. And right. You, you kind of do the same thing here. So kind of a funny story. This is the first year that we had our coach, and I know nothing, didn't know anything about these. I mean, I feel like I'm fairly handy, but... I hadn't taken the chance to run through all this stuff, so we we went to Florida right after we got the coach down. That was our, your first trip, going yeah. To Florida. Okay. We went down to our daughter's and son-in-law's place, and we were we actually were going to be working on remodeling their house down there. So we stayed at the KOA in Apopka, and I get there, and so everything is new. So the sewer line connections, all this stuff, you know, and I'm I'm unwrapping it. I mean, I knew what I had, but I hadn't used it yet, so. I was taking the stuff out, and the guy right next to me probably watched me for five minutes and finally came over and said, this is your first time, isn't it? And I yeah. said, <laughs> "I said, yeah, it is. Why? And he said, I could just kind of tell. And so he, there was a, there's a universal coupling that you put in the fitting that goes into the sanitary that's in the ground that you tie into. And um, I was having a hard time threading it on there because the threads in their pipe was bad. And he was watching me struggle with that, you know. Anyway, he came over and just talked and said, you know, I did the exact same thing, you know, when you just start out. And so you just kind of learn and sure. everybody's helpful and they're friendly. But you'll, it's like anything else. You get your system, you get a routine, and then you'll you refine it as you go. So what do you think, Marcy? This is your first trip. You're going down to Florida. You... I really did enjoy it. Yeah. I thought it was overwhelming at uh -huh. first. And, you know, I, I'm thankful that Tim is a handy guy because uh -huh. he can figure pretty much anything out. We didn't really run into too many problems with it. I mean, 
at least from the driving and and right. being able to operate it. We did have some issues with, you know, little things that would suddenly not work, like shades don't go up or down, or I don't know what all we had, but there were little things like that. And then you, they're really good about coming and, you know, you can take it to either the factory or you can take it to a service center and they'll they'll fix it. Or some in the resort that we're at in Florida, they actually have people that come around to you. And if you have something that, because it is a house that's moving on wheels right, all the sure. time. So things, you know, jiggle around and sometimes you have to have little adjustments done. But um, that's one of the reasons we like going to Florida so much other than the weather and the people. But you know, you have everything that you need right there. Right. Yeah. You know, that's, I guess that's kind of a good point too, that anybody that gets into this RV lifestyle, RVs and boats are kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to have stuff that goes wrong with them. It's mm-hmm. the way it is. And I think you have to, there's a little phrase that I heard after we got into this, you know, you have Prevos and Newells, which are the real high end and you're two, three million dollars for these coaches. And, and everybody says, you carry the same toolbox if you have a Prevo or if you have anything else. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just have to understand that these things are shake, rattle, and rolling as they go down the road. Sure. And stuff is going to happen. And I right. think you have to you have to accept the fact that they're going to need maintenance. It's no different than your house. It might be more often, mm-hmm. but you still got to do stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we go, we winter in Florida, but we travel around the rest of the country the rest of the time. So... What happens in the wintertime down there is you just have a high concentration of these. So as Marcy said, you have guys, one of the service guys that we've used is out of Michigan. So he's in Michigan in the summertime servicing RVs up there. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no business there in the wintertime. He lives in Florida and he brings his family down and they work. He works on coaches down there. There's so many of them. So in our resort, there's two guys that are there almost full time working on coaches. There's really? 289 sites. Okay. They're outside vendors. Yeah, they're outside vendors. Um, but then you also have Prevo. If you buy a multi-million dollar coach and something's wrong with it, they're sending people to you most of the time. Wow. So there's always somebody in that in that resort working on units. It just it happens. It's mm-hmm. no different than looking around your neighborhood and you've got people working on somebody's house. Sure. But there's a high concentration out of them. So a lot of these service guys they're mobile and they'll come down there. It's easy for a lot of people. I do most of the work on ours, so it's mm-hmm. not, you know, as prevalent for me, but I didn't do it the first year. You don't know. You gotta understand the systems and the electronics and who to talk to and parts to get and um and now I enjoy it as kind of a challenge. But right. um it's it's a fun it you know, we enjoy it. That's neat. So you took your inaugural trip to Florida and then now you guys have a place in Arizona that you it's a no no it's in it's in Florida it's, it's in, in Naples Florida. okay mm-hmm. yep okay yeah so we we ended up um, renting in this place for a couple of years and then we decided to buy okay. and so this is a um, it's for Class A only uh-huh. and there's 289 sites in here I think that it's got a lake kind of in the middle of it your units so you have some units that are viewing lake and then you have an outer ring that's you know on the outside and the lake is like 23 acres so it's a long narrow rectangle is the shape of this mm-hmm. and what they have there is kind of what's what's coming of age now in the in the RV ownership site world is that you have basically a little 
call it a casita, call it a coach house, but it's a small physical house that's on the same lot as your RV. Mm-hmm. And what you use that for is your friends, family, and guests that come. So these are usually their three to 600 square feet-ish. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a couple of resorts in the country that have larger ones, but it's typically in that, you know, three is small, but six is probably more of a norm. And so it's a glorified hotel room. So you can have another couple come and stay with you there, and they're not you know, in your yeah, RV. Right. And it allows you another, you know, just living space um, during that time. What most of them have is very nice outdoor kitchens. So you do still 90% of your cooking outside. Mm-hmm. And then that's a, you know, nice bath area, sleeping area, little kitchen area typically is how they work. So we bought in the resort that we're at to uh in anticipation of being able to do that so we're hoping that those approvals come this year yet Uh for screen porches for the screen porch along with this um uh coach house and then um then we'd be going under next year and building that so then we could have people come and stay and and um you know that's the nice part when you can have your friends and family right there with you um so there's a lot of them actually. Some good friends of ours have built theirs this summer, and there was 12 of them being built in our resort this summer. There's at least another 12 that's supposed to happen this next year. Um, you can only build in the off season, um, so April 1st to December 15th, sure. roughly. Yeah. And once it's built, then it, it can be storage too in, in the off season, right? Yeah, right. you put your things in there and you lock nice. it up and you're hurricane right. ready to go. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it just adds another dimension to it. But we, um, we're looking forward to that. But, you know, we've met such great people in our travels. It's just incredible the kind of people that you meet. and A lot of younger people our sure. age too that are doing it now. So it's nice to be able to feel like there's... You know, people that want to do a lot of things are are active. There's pickleball courts. There's um, golf courses close by. There's a big clubhouse uh, with activities every single day. Nice outdoor swimming pool and hot tub. And events. You know, they have a lot of events, not only for holidays, but everything you can possibly think of. So there's a lot of people that are pretty active and we take our bicycles too we put our bicycles on the back of our car Mm -hmm. so we have those to be able to ride around as well right so when you get there you own the lot but then it's part of an association too you pay association fees for all the the clubhouse and all that stuff so yeah neat yeah that's really cool so you know it's not for everybody a lot of people like maybe a simpler way but for us you know, it's nice. You know, the thing that happens is is um, it's really, uh, I think, a high sense of community in our particular place, and that was the thing that drew us to it. I mean, when we first got there, within minutes of us being there, people, you know, you start talking to them, and they said, you guys should buy here. This is a really nice place. They just, they were so inclusive. And you met so many people that we kind of connected with. I mean, a lot of these people are... You know, they've made themselves. They haven't been given anything. They they ran their business. They built their business. They sold their business, or they still have it. And they're just salt of the earth, good, hardworking people mm-hmm. that that enjoyed it, this kind of lifestyle. And that's what was fun for us, is you met so many people from around the country that kind of have the same story. Right. Yeah. And you have a lot of that in common. And and it doesn't matter that you knew them for five years or ten years when you meet them. 
you kind of hear the stories and you just have this commonality and it makes you feel good. Yeah. You mm -hmm. know, and it's, it's a nice, it's a nice group. Well, and we only stayed for one month the first year that we were there and we were gone a lot. We took a trip um, to, the to visit some friends and then we took a trip to the Keys. Yep. And so we really were only at the resort for a couple of weeks and we thought, we really like it here. We need to be down here longer than one month. And so then we rented for three months the next year. And then uh, the following year, we were we were actually down in Florida for five months because our grandson was born in November. So okay. anyway, it's been it's been a fun place to be at, and I think that's kind of as what Tim said. You know that sense of community has drawn us back. But the other thing is, you have pretty much perfect weather every single day because right. you're that far south. You know, we always say if you drew a line. Like if you were in Arizona and you draw a line across the United States, you end up in Georgia, where Naples, Florida is quite sure. a bit farther south, sure. and the weather is just ideal. Right. If you like it warmer. Some people don't like it that warm, but we prefer, you know, right. nicer in the wintertime. Sure. So, Marcy, if there's somebody out there whose husband, significant other is looking at buying a fifth wheel and getting the, into the camping and they're a little apprehensive, what... What would be your advice to to uh, somebody that's maybe apprehensive about camping, RVing, this type of thing? I think you have to do your homework, mm -hmm. uh, which means doing some research about the type of RV or fifth wheel or whatever it is that you're looking to purchase. And then you have to go and look at them. Mm -hmm. You have to see what it's about. You have to try it out, you right. know, take it for a drive. Right. Uh, I think Are you it's, familiar with Outdoorsy? Where you can rent these RVs now from other people, and it right. really seems like a good idea to me to try it out, or you know. And I think talk to a lot of people. Right. I mean, we talked to people that were friends of ours who had done the, the rental RVs, mm -hmm. and you know they loved it and said it was a great experience. Um, ours was a little bit different path to get there, but I do think that's important to try it out. And then I think you have to know what's maybe going to work for you, and how often you're going to be able to use it because you do have to think about where you're going to store it in the winter if you're not leaving it you know at a particular site uh, you have to think about when can you be gone how long can you be gone how long is it going to take you to get there so you really have to think through those decisions i think right. before you uh, purchase it but we were lucky we had really good friends as we were talking about previously with you before we turned this on that, that were full-timers for nine years, and we talked to them quite a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we had other friends that had done the rental, and we talked with them a little bit about the vacations that they had taken. I had mentioned that my sister had a camper, and I talked with her quite a bit about their experiences and where they went with it, because even though that was many, many years ago, they have had a lot more experience with traveling you know, around the United States. And for us, I think it was just a desire to be able to see and appreciate what the United States has to offer. You know, as Tim mentioned, we, we had a lot of great trips, Africa, Aruba every year, Mexico every year, but those were flyaway vacations. And that was so we could get somewhere and just chill out and then get back and, and work. These are more of a relaxed kind of a vacation. 
you have a schedule, but if the schedule doesn't work out, it really doesn't matter Mm -hmm. to us. So, you know, I think um, the biggest thing, too, is understanding that you are going to have some things that you're going to have to maintain. You are going to have some things that are going to need to be fixed, uh, and you can't necessarily be in a hurry. You have to understand that, you know, this is a different type of travel and a different lifestyle. Uh, I think what I like most about it is that we are able to bring things with us. So we have our own stuff, if you will, when we're, you know, staying somewhere, we have our own bed, we have a washer and dryer in our coach so we can do our laundry as needed. We have a bath and a half, so, you know, if Tim wants to get up earlier and go work out, I can still sleep, and he has a bath to brush his teeth, and that's helpful. Um, so I think you do. You need to know yourself, you know, as well, and understand what things are going to be important to you. Sure. One thing that I would just want to make sure for your listeners out there that I don't want anybody to think that just get a class A or fifth wheel is not a good thing. I think if you can get anything, I don't care if it's a a fold-up tent or a pop-up camp or a fifth wheel, they're all great. My brother has the fifth wheel and I I think it's awesome. But what happens is, I think what happened to Marcy too, when when you're starting to think about this and you're driving down the road, and you see somebody that their unit in the back is fishtailing, they got a problem, you know, and they haven't done their homework. And they probably have a vehicle that's too small to be towing what they're towing. And that gives this community a bad name. And I think so, you know, as Marcy said, do your homework, you know, and be safe and, and make sure that what you're buying goes together. You know, you don't put a half ton truck in a 28 foot fifth wheel together. It doesn't work, you know, and I think, you just have to be smart and be safe. And I think there's enough resources. There are enough, um, there's enough of the hardware out there that will marry these things together. And you have to just make sure you put the right products together. You put the right things together, you're going to have a good experience because the technology is out there. And I don't care. I don't care what you travel in, whatever you're happy with, God bless you. Go do it and have mm-hmm. some fun because we live in a great country. There is a lot of wonderful stuff here to see, and we should be grateful that we have an opportunity to do this. Right. You know, So whatever it is that you can do it, go do it. Because right. these are the things that if you're a younger family, your kids will never forget. Right. We wouldn't, we, that's probably one of the biggest regrets that I have is we just, we didn't have the time when we were younger mm-hmm. to take off of work, to take these kind of trips in the summertime. Mm-hmm. A lot of our friends have. I'm envious of some good friends of ours. They traveled to every state. Every summer they took their kids and they drove to different states. And when their oldest graduated from college, they finally did their last state. Mm-hmm. And how cool is that? Right. You know, cool. so they'll never forget those things. And, and I would encourage people to travel. Get out there and meet other people. But do your homework and be safe and put the right components together so you get there safely, you have a good time, and you get back safely. Right. That's yeah. what's important. Not what you're driving in or what you're sleeping in, but be safe and, and live to cherish it. Well, I can't think of a better place to end the podcast. That's That was really neat. So thank you so much for you're taking welcome. the time to, sure. to chat about this. I, 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 very encouraging. I think I've learned a lot of things, and I know our listeners did too. So, great. Thank you very much, Tim. You're welcome. Thank you're you, welcome. Yeah. You bet. All right.